Town Bank Mortgage. NMLS number 512138 is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Literally like clockwork, of course. The uh, big show as we talk about the very, very, very nice... CPI reports. Uh, I am looking at the numbers. I'm trying to pull as much data as I possibly can from the report that's relevant to what we all need to know. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm usually kind of relaxed going into the show, but I'm like trying to get all these numbers in so we can talk about them. And I'm looking at my feed and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, the internet went out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we seem to be good to go now, as long as my mic stays. There we go. Um, we seem to be good to go now. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. I am the aforementioned host of the podcast, Tyler Crawley. And yes, as I mentioned, a phenomenal CPI report that we just got. We are going to break these numbers down. We also got mortgage demand this morning. And then uh, yesterday we got some data from CoreLogic, so we're going to get into all of that here, but we got to start with CPI. So as we all know, we were expecting a big drop. We knew it was going to happen. The question was, were we going to beat the street? Economists were projecting 3.1% or was it going to be a disappointing month? And the good news is we did it. We not only met expectations, we beat expectations. CPI in the month of June fell to 3%. That is down a full point from May. And we are now at the lowest level since March, 2021. This was also, like I said, better than expected. Economists thought we were going to fall to 3.1%. This was thanks to a smaller month-over-month increase, just 2.2%, which was higher than last month, which was 0.1%, but it was smaller than the 0.3% that economists were projecting. Now, I mentioned this in the morning newsletter this morning, that the reason we are seeing such a big drop, the reason we saw such a big drop last month, is not really so much what's happening now. I mean, let's face it, the 0.2% increase month over month was great. The 0.1% month over month increase, those are phenomenal, right? Because if you annualize 0.2%, you're talking 2.4% year over year inflation, pretty close to the target rate. 0.1%, you're well under the target rate. So those are great monthly Numbers, but it's mostly what happened last year. Last year, May and June saw significant increases uh, month over month. We're talking, I think, almost one point in May, and I think 1.2%. And so, obviously, the way the report calculates year over year, it's you know taking every single month, adding it up. 12 months. So May and June have now completely fallen off from last year, which caused that year over year number to plummet. So we are now down almost 2%, uh, two percentage points from just two months ago. So that's why we've seen such a big dramatic drop. But as everyone has pointed out, including myself, we got a long way to go. In fact, this last percent, because remember 2% is the Fed target rate. That's what the Fed wants to see that this last 1% we got to move, 
could take a while. <laughs> so we may, we may have got a little spoiled with these big 1% drops that we've seen these last two months. But let, let's save the bad news for another time. So let's talk about how great this report was. So food inflation saw a full point drop to 5.7%. That was thanks to just a 0.1% increase in food prices from May. We are now at the lowest level since October 2021. Energy prices are now down 16.7% year over year. We have not seen a drop this big since May 2020. And we all remember what was happening in May of 2020. In fact, I was looking at the chart and we had a 2009 drop this big, a 2015 drop this big, and 2020 drop this big. So um, a good drop. 16.7%, that's how much energy prices are down. And that's great because food and energy are what most people deal with on a day-to-day basis. Filling your car up, paying your energy bills, buying food for the house. That's what you're paying on a day-to-day basis. And so that's why it's, you know, it's always interesting because they talk about core inflation. Core inflation, which is remaining much stickier than the headline number because food is, you know, is slowing, energy prices are falling, but all the other components, mostly shelter costs, unfortunately, as we all know here in um, the housing business, we're going to get to that in a second, but core inflation is remaining much stickier, unfortunately, and core inflation saw a bigger drop than expected. That is the good news with prices slowing to 4.8% in June. That is down a full half percent from May, and we're now at the lowest level since October 2021, and that was thanks to just a 0.2% rise month over month. That is the smallest gain all year. I don't know the last time we saw an increase that small for um, core was. I didn't have time to go back far enough. I can only look back about six months, so it is the smallest increase in core prices that we have seen this year. And economists were projecting a smaller dip to 5%. So we got the headline number down to 3%. We got core inflation down to 4.8%. Now, one of the reasons why core prices are remaining so much higher than sort of the headline number is really because of shelter. Um, Shelter costs, for those that don't know, they make up a third of CPI. So I'm going to assume they make up a big portion of core, of the core prices. And we are seeing some slowing. I mean, this is the good news. Shelter inflation, which once again, shelter inflation is housing costs. That's, um, you know, it's looking at what it costs to you know buy a home right now, what it costs to rent right now, all of these things. Um, they, they, they use a algorithm or whatever. Is algorithm the right term? They use whatever. <laughs> to figure out how to come to this number. And it was funny because when home prices were skyrocketing and rents were skyrocketing, shelter inflation was not jumping that much. And everyone said, oh, this is a horrible metric. They're not even doing it properly. And now that we have seen home prices slow, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, home prices hit a high in May, uh, but rents, rents have slowed down significantly. And yet we're still seeing a very high shelter inflation number. Why? Because shelter inflation lags. It takes a while for it to ramp up, but it also takes a while for it to ramp back down. So now we're seeing kind of the other side of that where people were questioning the 
formula. There we go. That's the word. I was, formula is the word I was looking for. The formula for shelter inflation when it wasn't rising fast enough. Now they're probably going to question why it's not falling, but it's sticky. That's maybe by design. Shelter inflation for the third straight month did fall. That's the good news. But it's still 7.8%. I mean, it's crazy. You look at this chart and since they've been calculating it, we've never seen numbers these high. So we're still at very, very high levels. However, it is the lowest level since December 2020. And that was thanks to a 0.4% rise month over month, which I think we've seen two or three times this year. Um, At one point, I think we almost got to a full percent which is just nuts for a, a metric that is usually kind of hard to move. So shelter inflation is remaining sticky, but it is falling or slowing, I should say. Prices are still on, on the up and up, but uh, they are, it's slowing. Third straight month, now down to 7.8%. So that's all the numbers that I could break down before we had to do the show. So hopefully... I'll, you know, not hopefully I will be able to break down more of the numbers and that will be in tomorrow's morning newsletter. And maybe we'll talk about some of the stuff that I didn't get to on tomorrow's show as well. Now, as I mentioned uh, real quick here, we did also get some mortgage. Oh, oh, I want to talk about this. So this is having a great impact on the bond markets with regards to uh, prices. So prices are going up, which means yields are falling earlier. I think it was on Monday. Monday, the 10-year treasury, which of course tracks with the 30-year, or at least it it's supposed to. The spread between the 30-year and the 10 is now ridiculous. Uh, but it still gives you a good kind of idea of what is happening with rates. I think on Monday, I know what happened on Friday. I think on Monday, intraday trading, uh, bond yields for the 10-year hit, I think, 4.08, something like that, four, almost almost 4.1. And it was just very disheartening. <laughs> it's just it was a gut punch for us in the mortgage biz. Uh, and then yesterday, we saw a little bit of a reprieve. And we actually did see it close down Monday uh, lower than that. And then we saw a little reprieve yesterday. And then this morning, booyah, uh, in fact, the 10-year is now right around 3.9%. In fact, right when the CPI came out, I was looking at bonds. And for a while, the 10-year was under 39 So now it's, it's up a little bit, but much better. I will say much better uh, than what we saw at the end of last week. Even with that jobs report, very bizarre. Uh, even with that jobs report, we still saw bond yields continue to rise. But now this morning, we're seeing a reversal. As of right now, it is 917 in the AM. The 10-year is down about seven bips. So almost, it's about 3.91%. I would love to see it get under 3.9. That would be fantastic. And then equity markets on the up and up. NASDAQ's almost up a full percent. All the other markets are in the green. So a good CPI report. Now, what was funny was usually like CNBC or someone else picks up the mortgage demand report because the actual data doesn't come out until I want to say, I think maybe 10. And for those that subscribe to it, I do not. (laughs) I do not subscribe to it. Um, So they report it usually around 7 a.m. And I didn't see any reporting on it. So I, I, I was able to get the data and we did see a slight uptick, about less than 1%. Uh, overall mortgage demand was up 
like I said, a little bit under 1%. However, purchase demand was up almost 2%. And refi demand, well, yeah, shocker. <laughs> we have rates like close to seven and a half. We had not a lot of refis uh, actually fell. So we did see some some decent data for what's been happening with, with mortgage rates that we actually saw an increase week over week with regards to purchase demand. So... It's a good day. It's a good day for the mortgage biz, man. We got bonds moving in the right direction. We got mortgage demand up despite what happened last week with rates. So I would say that's pretty good all in all. Uh, and then we will talk about the CoreLogic report. So Black Knight's report came out on Monday. We talked about it yesterday. Home prices reaching a new high in May. Craziness, like I said, with what's happening with, with mortgage rates. Because they have been climbing. I mean, they fell, I want to say... April, I think, is when they may have kind of bottomed uh, for that, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the jump that we saw from 21. And then we saw a little bit of a dip, and now we've sort of moved back up. And it's been interesting that home prices were still up, even with mortgage rates moving in that direction. And CoreLogic and the Black Knight Report, once again, are not big reports. They're good at looking at what's happening trend-wise with housing. And they do come out earlier than Case Shiller because the Case Shiller data is so old by the time you get it. So it kind of gives you an idea of what's happening here. And the CoreLogic report was very similar to what we saw with Black Knight. Uh, Black Knight had home prices up for five months in a row. CoreLogic only has them up four. And year-over-year home prices nationwide increased year-over-year 1.4%. That's higher than Black Knight, which is only at 0.1%. So they still have them well up year over year and in fact this is now the lowest level since 2012 so it's it's still low (laughs) any way you look at it but still positive still not yet seen home prices fall year over year according to core logic home prices increased by 0.9 percent month over month that was down from the 1.2 percent increase that we saw in april but was the third largest increase for the year and was the fourth straight month that we saw home prices increase and then Miami continues to hold top spot with regards to major metro areas in fact they're still in double digits they are still in double digits home prices are up 11.8 percent year over year in May that's just crazy I do wonder I saw something the other day about all these insurance problems they're having in Florida where insurance companies are pulling out of Florida like yeah we're not insuring Florida anymore so I wonder if this is going to have a because Florida has remained a relatively hot housing market. And I'm wondering if that's going to have a big impact on prices. It has to, right? It has to. Uh, So they're 11.8%. Chicago, distant second, only up (laughs) 3.8%. And then Houston was up 3.1%. Washington, the D.C. area, up 0.7%. And Boston, up 0.5%. And they were the only metro areas it's still in the green. On the flip side, Phoenix and Las Vegas were tied as the biggest losers in May with those areas down 5.5% year over year, followed by Denver down 3.6% in LA down 3.1%. Now, of course, that's year over year. If you were to look at you know where home prices peak, a lot of those markets are down double digits uh, because you had probably houses peak maybe... Uh, maybe close to a year ago, but probably a little closer to fall. And so some of those, some of those markets you're at are, are, are down bigger from the peak. This is just looking at year 
over year. Selma Hep, chief economist for CoreLogic, noted that despite a recent jump in home price growth, it is returning to normal, saying following a cumulative increase of almost 4% in home prices between February and April, elevated mortgage rates and home prices are putting pressure on potential buyers. These dynamics are cooling recent month-over-month home price growth, which began to taper and is returning to the pre-pandemic average with a 0.9% increase from April to May. So that is one of the benefits. We are seeing the housing market return to relative normal behavior. Relative. (laughs) I don't know. Is there ever a real kind of normal housing market? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been in the business long enough to, to be able to tell you that. So, all right. All in all, I would say a good morning. No doubt about that. Uh, I'm going to dive more into the CPI report. It'll be in tomorrow's newsletter and also tomorrow, PPI. So we'll be talking about that on the show as well. And of course, it is Thursday, so we'll get jobless claims. So we'll be talking about that too. So feeling pretty good. A good start on this Wednesday morning, I will say. And we are officially done. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. How can you not? I mean, look what's happening with bonds and see the prices and all that good stuff. How can you not have a good Wednesday? So we will see you Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.